This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahi walhamdulillahi wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa man ihtada bihudahu wa ba'd. All praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us every form of blessing and to accept from us the standing in salatul taraweeh as well as the fasts that we have fasted thus far. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who can fast the entire month of Ramadan and accept it from us. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He grant us forgiveness for our shortcomings during this blessed month. And at the same time, we should always be from amongst those who realize the value of this pleasant month of Ramadan, the beautiful, spiritually elevated month of Ramadan. It is indeed from shaitan, when a person feels lazy in the month of Ramadan, and when a person wants to sleep all night without remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah's forgiveness inshaAllah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us every form of spirituality, not only in this month, but inshallah even outside this month. The topic I have chosen, the topic of discussion affects every single one of us. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about parents and children in the Quran? It is not necessarily the relation between parents and children, but over and above that, it is also the gift of children, the gift of parents. Some people don't have children, whilst others don't have parents. Subhanallah. Not that they didn't have parents, but they lost their parents somewhere down the line. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares this gift, the gift of children. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Shura that He is the owner, He is the complete decider, He is the one who will decide what you will have, whether or not you will have children, whether or not they will be male or female or whether or not you will have both. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the best. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Shura, displaying His grandeur and His greatness, He says, لِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَخْلُقُ مَا يَشَاءُ The skies and the earth and whatever is between it and entire creation belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He creates what He wishes. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Glory be to Him. يَهَبُ لِمَن يَشَاءُ إِنَاثًا وَيَهَبُ لِمَن يَشَاءُ الذُّكُورُ أَوْ يُزَوِّجُهُمْ ذُكْرَانًا وَإِنَاثًا وَيَجْعَلُ مَن يَشَاءُ عَقِيمًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He gives whomsoever He wishes only female children. And He gives whomsoever He wishes only male children as a test. And He gives whomsoever He wishes both male and female. And He does not give whomsoever He wishes any children at all. Subhanallah. That is Allah. لا يسأل عما يفعل وهم يسألون He can never ever be asked about why he has decreed something but those who him, whom he has created are always answerable to him Subhanallah That is the grandeur, the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala On, At this juncture we make a dua 
Though all those who have children, may Allah make your children the means of your entry into Jannah, inshaAllah. Those who have parents, may Allah make your parents the means of your entry into Jannah, inshaAllah. Those who have children, may Allah make those children the coolness of your eyes, inshaAllah. Those who do not have children, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you children and offspring through His mercy. And those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided to take their children away, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them the patience to go through that great test. Those whom Allah has decided to take their parents away, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate their status as orphans. Ameen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us, that it is incorrect to question the decree of Allah or to be upset about it. When he has decided not to give you any children, that's his decision. Be happy with his decision. When he has decided you will only have females, that's his decision. When he decides you will have males, that's his decision. When he decides you will have both, that's his decision. Listen to what he says. He says that there was a group of people or there was a pagan habit amongst those pre-Islamic people who used to get upset whenever they were informed of a female child. They, were, they felt it was a disgrace because this child would not continue their lineage. Rather the child would continue the lineage of another male. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never ever make us from those who are upset when we are informed of a female child. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nahl regarding those people, وَإِذَا بُشِّرَ أَحَدُهُمْ بِالْأُنْثَى ظَلَّ وَجْهُهُ مُسْوَدًّا وَهُوَ كَظِيمٌ يَتَوَارَى مِنَ الْقَوْمِ مِنْ سُوءِ مَا بُشِّرَ بِهِ When they were given glad tidings of a female child, they became angry. And they were upset and they hid themselves from the community because of the bad news that they considered it to be. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never do that to us. Wallahi, to have a feeling in the heart against the, the gender of the child that is born for you, to have a negative feeling in your heart about that is in fact un-Islamic behavior. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us healthy children insha'Allah. And may He grant us as well good health. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant cure and shifa to all those who may be sick and ill. Ameen. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us about how people used to kill those daughters off. They used to take the daughter away and they used to bury that daughter, the female child. And they used to say, look, let's play a game. The game is... We will dig a grave for you, we put you in there and we're going to dig it back up after a little while and we will then take you out. And then when the child went in, they covered the grave and went away because that was the only way they could hide that bad news. Astaghfirullah, prohibited, major sin, Allah says in the Quran. وَإِذَا الْمَوْءُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ قُتِلَتْ That female who was buried, the little baby shall be asked on the day of Qiyamah, why were you buried alive? And those who buried her alive shall be brought to the book. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us that even when it comes to not having children, your reasoning for that may be on health grounds, when you would like to space your children and so on, on health grounds or complete inability when it comes to physically, mentally and so on. But it is prohibited not to have children fearing that you won't be able to financially look after them because that sustenance is written from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And it is prohibited not to have children fearing that they might start sharing the wealth you have and decrease the amount that you are holding. May Allah protect us. It is our duty. Remember one thing, in Islam we are meant to have as many children as possible. Alhamdulillah. That term possible changes from time to time and with people, from people to people. So some people it is possible for them, mashallah, to have 10 children and even more. Whereas some people it is only possible for them to have two or three. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us as many as possible. Amin. But that having been said, we should realize that the more the merrier in the sharia. The reason is, if you were to have ten children and you were to give them a good upbringing and even five of them were to succeed and five of them were to earn, you know, let's go back to materialism. Five of them were to earn 10,000 rands a month. How much would you be having in your family? 50,000 rands. If you gave them a good upbringing, they would come and hand over to you a minimum of at least 1,000 rands. You would be sitting happy, mashallah, to say, just as well I had five children, mashallah, or I had ten, at least five of them are looking after me, subhanallah. Whereas, if you only had one or two, what might happen? May Allah grant us all good children, inshallah, even if they are one or two. But what might happen? The probability and possibility of them failing is also greater. And them succeeding is there, but... Obviously what would happen is there are only two. If anything goes wrong with any one or two of them or both of them, then subhanallah we might find at old age we will be scratching our heads, looking at each other and saying we should have had more children. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who can make the correct decision. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-An'am and this verse is repeated in Surah Al-Isra in slightly different wording. Allah says, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَوْلَادَكُمْ مِنْ إِمْلَاقٍ Do not eradicate your children just because you are poor or you are fearing poverty. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us inshallah more and more in terms of sustenance. Remember one thing and I'd like to just spend a moment on this. When you have a child, the sustenance of that child is written. If that sustenance is written... It will have to get to the child, whether it is through you or directly to the child. So if you are feeding the child, Allah has written that food for the child, then naturally by you feeding the child, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have to give you first, because he's written for the child. And this is why there are so many people whom, when they have children or when they undertake to look after orphans and so on, Allah opens their doors because Allah knows that in order to look after those people, we first need to give this person here who has undertaken to give them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding of the sharia. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us the importance of lineage in Islam. In Islam, your lineage is sacred. The sharia has been sent to protect five things. One of those fives is your lineage. We need to know who you are by your father's name. That is sacred. It is extremely sacred. It is something that Allah will never ever accept anything besides. Subhanallah. And this is why in Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah says it very clearly. أُدْعُوهُمْ لِآبَائِهِمْ هُوَ أَقْسَطُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ فَإِنْ لَمْ تَعْلَمُوا آبَاءَهُمْ فَإِخْوَانُكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ وَمَوَالِيكُمْ وَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ فِيمَا أَخْطَأْتُمْ بِهِ وَلَكِنْ مَا تَعَمَّدَتْ قُلُوبُكُمْ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا Allah speaks about the orphans and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
says you should be calling them or those children who are taken a step. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says you should be calling them with their father's names. If you don't know their father's names, the father's name means so and so, son of so and so. That is the father's name. If you don't know the father's name, then you should call them the servants of Allah. Subhanallah. And Allah says, we will not punish you if you've made a mistake. If you were ignorant, you didn't know, or you made a mistake, you will not be punished. But for those who intentionally do that, they are defying Allah's creation. Allah decided to create you through a certain man and a certain woman. It is prohibited for you ever to deny that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. And this is why at times of divorce, sometimes we have females whom out of spite, they remove the father's name and surname and they put theirs. That is completely prohibited in the sharia. It is a major, major, major sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us steadfastness. That spite is actually kufr. It is disbelief in the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can you deny the lineage that Allah chose when He created certain people? And sometimes, Allahu Akbar, people then contaminate the minds of their children to the degree that they are then happy with that surname of their mothers or with the name of their mothers. Let me inform you, in the sharia, only a child who is illegitimate takes the mother's name. Only a child who is born out of adultery takes the mother's name. Only a child whom nobody knows the father takes the mother's name. And in the sharia, there is only one person who took the mother's name who was a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that was Jesus, Isa alayhi salam, may peace be upon him. He was known as the son of Mary, subhanallah. The son of Maryam, Isa ibn Maryam, subhanallah. Allah makes mention of that in the Quran because there is no father. And Allah was not the father, he was the creator. He was the supreme creator. He created Isa alayhi salam miraculously. He says, The example of Jesus, may peace be upon him, is similar to the example of Adam. And Allah creates in four different ways. One is without male, without female, like Adam, may peace be upon him. Then through a male without the involvement of a female, like Eve or Hawa alayhi salam. Then through a male, or should I say through a female without the involvement of a male, like Jesus, Isa alayhi salam, may peace be upon him. And then through male and female, like the rest. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to respect those males and females who gave birth to us. Amen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us about that in Surah Al-Ahzab. It is something extremely sacred where we have erred, let us go back. Now comes the question, when a woman marries, can she take the husband's name? The answer is, if she really has to, inshallah there won't be a problem for as long as she is not cheating and deceiving people and I don't think that is the case nowadays. Because there is something known as taqdirul kalam, which means a hidden statement between two names. You need to know what is that hidden statement. So if you say Muhammad Abdullah, you are saying Muhammad the son of Abdullah. So the son of is the hidden statement. But when you say Khadija Abdullah, you are either saying Khadija the daughter of Abdullah or Khadija the wife of Abdullah. So it depends on that hidden statement and what you are referring to. I would say 
that preferably even on marriage, a woman's right is to maintain her own identity. Some might argue and say, no, you are going to confuse people. I think it is more confusing when someone is called by the husband's name because we need to know who she is, whose daughter is she, where did she come from, and so on. And on the day of Qiyamah, you will be called with your father's name. And I'm repeating, it's not a mistake. You will be called with your father's name. And this is why it is the father's duty to name a child. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, subhanallah, you need to make a blessed dua for your father who has given you a good name. For you shall indeed be called by the name that your father has given you, including his name. And this is why the right of naming in Islam belongs to the father. Thereafter, if he wants to give it to anyone else, it's up to him. And the mother comes next, subhanallah. So the parents are the ones who will decide the name. If they, if they happily would like to give it to someone, alhamdulillah. But remember, culturally, if it is our culture that the aunt gives the name or the uncle gives the name, that has nothing to do with Islam. If the two whose right it is allow that person to do it, then it will be okay. If not, then we don't want a debate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. And may he give us understanding. Once I arrived at a certain community, I won't say which one, and I had a man, I asked him, what's your name? He gave me not a double barrel name, but a triple barrel name, subhanallah. I told him, why are you calling yourself with three names? He says, because there was a dispute between my, my father, my mother, and my aunt. And so, in order to solve the problem, my grandfather went, and he registered all three names, subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. The right is the father's. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that when you have children, they are a test for you. They are a big test. And if you don't have children, it's even a bigger test. Allah says in Surah Al-Anfal, a beautiful verse. Allah says you should remember that your wealth is a test. It can be a means of your entry into heaven or entry into hell. Your wealth that you have is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah make it a means of entry into Jannah for all of us inshallah. And your children that you have can either be a means of entry for you into paradise or into hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make them a means of entry into Jannah and paradise inshallah. And then Allah ends that verse by saying, remember what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far greater. The reward with Allah is greater. Some of the mufassireen say that is more for those who don't have children at all. To say that when you don't have children, it is also a test. So Allah says children are a test. Having them or the lack of them, both. A very big test of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all those who don't have children, remember one thing. Together with the dua that we make for you tonight, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you offspring through His mercy. Together with that we say, if He has decided not to give you, remember He has kept a bigger reward for you than He has kept for anyone who has had children on condition that you surrender to the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us the same thing in Surah Al-Taghabun. In Surah Al-Taghabun, a similar verse is repeated. Then Allah tells us, look, part of that test, you cannot love your children so much that they distract you from the will of Allah and from the command of Allah. Nor can you love your children so much, or nor can the children love their parents so much that when their parents are going wrong, they don't bat an eyelid, they don't correct their parents. So Allah is telling us that... And this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of in Surah Al-Munafiqun, the surah named after the hypocrites. 
لا تلهكم أموالكم ولا أولادكم عن ذكر الله Don't ever let your wealth or your children distract you from the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. When Allah has given us wealth and children, we should still find ourselves fulfilling the commands of Allah. In fact, in a bigger way, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us protection. And we ask Him to make us from amongst those who are thankful to Him at all times. So Allah says, وَمَن يَفْعَلْ ذَٰلِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Whoever allows their wealth or children to distract them from the remembrance of Allah and the commands of Allah, it will be a point of loss for them. May Allah never grant us loss. Rather, may He grant us goodness, inshaAllah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us something very powerful, very important. Allah says, some of your wives and your children are actually your enemies. So be careful of them. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allah says, some of your wives and children are your enemies. So be careful of them. One might wonder, what does that mean? Let's go through it inshaAllah. Let me read the verse firstly in Surah At-Taghabun. Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu inna min azwajikum wa awladikum aduwan lakum fahdharuhum. O you who believe. From amongst your wives and your children are your enemies as well at times. So be very careful of them. How do we interpret that? Let me inform you, it's very easy. There are two ways of interpreting it. When they hinder you from Allah's command, they are your enemies. And when you are doing wrong and they don't correct you, they are your enemies. So if someone wants to know how their wives or children will become or are their enemies, they need to ask themselves. Do they lead me astray in any way? Or when I am astray, do they correct me or not? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. So if, and a lot of women very sadly sometimes promote haram without knowing, without realizing. When it comes to the issue of polygamy, a woman will prefer that her husband has an affair with a mistress. But she will never ever allow him to get another wife. That means she is the enemy. May Allah protect us. Because she is promoting you to go to hell by committing adultery just for her reputation in this world. Allahu Akbar. Allah will drag her and you into hell. May Allah not do that to us. And this is a clear issue. I've mentioned it clear cut. Alhamdulillah, we are in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, we decide and realize that look where the law of Allah comes into play. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's law comes first. We should not distract the man from the law of Allah, nor should he distract us from the law of Allah. If he commits a sin as a result of our arrogance, Allahu Akbar, here Allah is telling you, be careful and be warned, don't tell us that we did not warn you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May he soften the hearts of the females. For indeed, man or most men are polygamous by nature. There's nothing a woman will ever be able to do about that. Allahu Akbar. If we want to defy that, we will be promoting the Lewinsky's of this world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us that where a man is committing a sin, if his, if his children or his wife or his wives do not remind him and bring him back to the path, then indeed that is a point of loss. They become his enemies. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. And we don't want that to happen. So this is how a person can become an enemy of yours without realizing where you then decide to give preference to that female or 
to those children over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Believe me, there's no way of running away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. And Allah tells us, look, when you have wives and children, and when you have wealth, all this is part and parcel of the beauty of this world. It is temporary. It is completely temporary. You have a husband, you love him so much. One day he's going to die. Definitely. Then, that is temporary. Allah says, if you prepared your palace in Akhirah, then inshallah you will be smiling all the way. But if you were only worried about your husband, when he dies, you die with him. Allahu Akbar. What that means is, no more happiness in your life, no more looking forward to your own life, no more concentrating about anything. And the same applies to children. Allah can take them away before you. And Allah can take you away before them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. So Allah says in Surah Al-Imran, زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ وَالْخَيْلِ الْمُسَوَّمَةِ وَالْأَنْعَامِ وَالْحَرْفِ ذَلِكَ مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَاللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حُسْنُ الْمَآبِ Allah says, for man, the desires have been beautified by shaitan. The desires of females, subhanallah. The desires of females, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of this, has been beautified for man. And the children. He wants many children. And he wants lots and lots of wealth. That is a desire that everyone has within their hearts. Qanatir, muqantara, huge mountains of wealth. And Allah says, and the conveyance and the places of abode. They want beautiful places of abode and beautiful conveyances and so on. And they want cattle and they want wealth. Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, yes, it's not wrong to have within the limits of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But remember, this is only provision for a short while. After that, what is with Allah at the place of return is far more important. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who can take heed inshaAllah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us as well in Surah Al-Kahf, the same thing. Al-malu wal-banuna zinatul hayatin dunya wal-baqiyatu salihatu khayrun inda rabbika thawaban wa khayrun amala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that definitely your wealth and your children are just the beauty of this dunya but what is with Allah is far better. The rest of the good deeds are definitely more lasting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they are better for anyone who has hope. And the term baqiyatu salihat, some of the books of tafsir say, that is the remembrance of Allah. When someone remembers Allah, they are conscious of Allah. The salah you read, the zakah you have given, and so on. The upbringing you have given your children, the type of schools you've sent them to. The type of Qur'an they learnt. When I say the type of Qur'an, obviously there's one Qur'an. But the recitation they have, how much they know of this religion, all that is the duty of the parents from a very, very early age. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us mindful of our duty. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us now, shifting, shifting from the parents to the children. Now the children need to also consider their parents. Allahu Akbar. So far, we've been speaking about the parents. Now Allah says, the command, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah An-Nisa, وَاعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا 
worship Allah. Do not associate partners with him and remember to be best to your parents. Remember to be good. Remember to be kind. Remember to be dutiful towards your parents. That's what Allah is saying. It's a command. It's an instruction. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Isra, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Allah has decreed, He has commanded that you shall worship none besides Him and you will be best to your parents. Why does Allah make mention of parents immediately after He makes mention of Himself? A simple answer. Allah created me and you. In order to bring me into existence, Allah used a male and a female. So it was Allah who decided who that male and female was. If we disrespect either the male or the female whom Allah chose to bring us into existence, naturally we will be going against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. There is an exception when it comes to obeying parents and inshallah we will come to that a little bit later. Let's look at what Allah says. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then also prohibits being evil to parents. So one is the command. The command of being good and the other is the prohibition of being bad. This is one of the only acts of worship where Allah says, in fact one of the few acts of worship where Allah instructs you to do it and warns you from not doing it or prohibits you from not doing it. Salah is another one, zakah is another one, and parents is also, or being good to parents is another one as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us more mindful of our own parents. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If any one of them have reached old age in your presence, Allah says, it is your duty to now look after them, or at least you should try your best to look after them. And Allah says, never utter one word of disrespect to your parents. Never. فَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا We spoke about it yesterday. Subhanallah. Don't even utter the word uf to your parents. Not even that. That is disrespectful. Allah says, don't do that. وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا Don't be repulsive towards them. Don't be disrespectful in any way towards them. وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا But utter a very honorable word, a beautiful word to them. When you want to talk to them, talk to them with utmost respect and dignity. Subhanallah. Your jannah is through your parents. The hadith says, Destruction be upon the one. Who has seen either one or both of his parents or hers at old age and they have not resulted in his or her entry into Jannah through their service? Subhanallah. Let me take you for a moment through history, what happened to myself and yourselves. Allahu Akbar. The parents that gave birth to us, the mother, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of her value. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us regarding how we treat our mothers because they held us with great difficulty and hardship in their wombs. They did not sleep. They had sleepless nights for almost the entire gestation period in most cases. Towards the end, as you became heavier, you became a bigger burden, but they became happier, subhanallah, that you were actually growing. When you kicked, they got up from their sleep, but they were happy that you were alive and kicking. Subhanallah. Look at us. 
We're sitting here today, we don't even realize where we came from. The difficulties they've been through for us. Subhanallah, there was so much hardship, they couldn't sleep, they got sick, they couldn't keep the food inside their bellies because of us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how we were given birth to. Allah says, through great hardship and difficulty, I'm sure we would acknowledge that most women are a whisker away from what they think is actually the end, death. They'll tell you, I thought I was dying, subhanallah. And that's when the bundle of joy came. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. And yet we are born and we don't realize, we don't understand the value of the same mother who gave birth to us. Allahu Akbar. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us respectful inshallah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in these verses, You make sure you make a dua for your parents. You make sure you ask Allah to bless your parents because they looked after you when you were helpless. When you were helpless, they looked after you. This is why, take a look at the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They made dua for their parents. Look at Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. He says, Oh Allah, forgive me and forgive my parents and forgive all the believing males and females. Then Ibrahim, Surah Ibrahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of a dua. Oh Allah, forgive me, forgive my parents and forgive the believers on the day of resurrection, the day of account. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of many other duas. Allah says, subhanallah, in Surah Al-Ahqaf, about the good child, Allah says, قَالَ رَبِّ أَنْ أَشْكُرَ نِعْمَتَكَ الَّتِي أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيَّ Oh Allah, grant me the ability to be thankful. Allahu Akbar, grant me the ability to be thankful, Ya Allah, for the gifts you have bestowed upon myself and my parents, subhanallah. And you yourself, if you make that dua, you would be a gift that Allah has bestowed upon your own parents. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. Then the dua continues to say, And Ya Allah, purify my progeny for me. Give me a good progeny, a good offspring, Ya Allah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant that to us. Do you know when this dua was being made? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of a good child. A good child. When man then is born and gets to his peak of strength, 40 years old, Allah calls 40 years of age the peak of life. You are at the top of the mountain. We said last night and in fact today, we are at the top of the mountain of Ramadan. 15 days, now we're going down. Now, the buba that we spoke about comes into play, subhanallah. And it's amazing how the same happens in life. We also have a buba period in life, that is 40 years. Your 40th anniversary, you must know now you're sliding downhill. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding, really. So Allah says, when you get to the peak of your life, if you still can make dua for your parents and you can thank Allah for what He has given you, now you are a true believer. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us from those who are steadfast, those who don't forget our parents. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us, regarding how the mother 
has held the child in her womb. Allah says in Surah Luqman, وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ وَهْنًا عَلَى وَهْنٍ Allah says, the mother has held the child or has held all of us, let's word it that way, with great difficulty and hardship. Great difficulty and hardship. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about the breastfeeding, the suckling period. Allah says, وَحَمْلُهُ وَفِصَالُهُ ثَلَاثُونَ شَهْرًا Amazing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Luqman, وَفِصَالُهُ فِي عَامَيْنِ أَنِشْكُرُ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيْكَ Allah says the weaning is in two years. And in another period, in another verse, Allah says, the gestation as well as the weaning is 30 months. Now if you take a look at these two verses, there is no contradiction. But I have come across questions from non-Muslims who say, there is a contradiction in the Quran. On one hand, they say, the breastfeeding period is two years, which means 24 months. And on the other hand, they say, no, it is 30 months. The answer is no, read the verse and read it clearly. One speaks about breastfeeding, the maximum period of breastfeeding in Islam is two years. Then the child is weaned. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the other verse speaks about the gestation period together with that 24 months, which makes 30 months. And in the Sharia, we believe that the gestation period is 9 months, that is obvious. But the minimum of it is 6 months. So if someone were to ask you in Islam, what is the minimum gestation period? You would say six months. If they say what is the evidence for that? You read the verse. وَحَمْلُهُ وَفِصَالُهُ ثَلَاثُونَ شَهْرًا The carrying, the gestation as well as the weaning, 30 months. You subtract the 24 which makes two years and you get remainder of six months. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. There is no contradiction in the Quran. Nothing at all. Allahu Akbar. There is another verse where Allah says He created the earth in six days. And another place He says, meaning He created creation in six days. And one place He mentions four days and two days. That is only part and parcel of the creation. Not all of it. Four and a few verses later Allah says another two. Or Allah says two and after that He says four days. If you add them, they come to six. But if someone does not know addition and subtraction, they will be the only foolish ones who think there is a contradiction in the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Then Allah tells us that you will not obey your parents when one thing happens. When one thing happens, you don't obey them. When they instruct you to disobey the Creator, then the Creator comes first. That is a powerful point. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that even if your parents are non-Muslim, you need to be respectful to them, you need to be dutiful to them, you need to be of a good mouth towards them, you need to look after them as far as you can. Only when your parents instruct you to do something unacceptable Islamically, then Allah comes first, then everybody else next. So this is one thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of. Let's read the verse in Surah Ankabut. We read it tonight in the verses. Allah says, وَإِن جَاهَدَاكَ لِتُشْرِكَ بِمَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطِعْهُمَا And in Surah Luqman, Allah says, وَصَاحِبَهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا When they are struggling and striving, 
to make you disobey Allah or to associate partners with Allah when they want you to divert you and distract you from your commands, the commands of your Creator, then you do not obey them. But you must still live with them with all humility and goodness and kindness. Subhanallah. Over and above that, those are your parents. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the examples of others in the past who have been very, very good to their parents and very dutiful to their parents. Allah speaks about Yahya alayhi salam in Surah Maryam. And Allah says, وَبَرًّا بِوَالِدَيْهِ وَلَمْ يَكُنْ جَبَّارًا عُصِيًّا Yahya alayhi salam was definitely dutiful to both his parents. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and he was not from amongst those who were sinful and arrogant. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us away from sinning or from arrogance towards our parents as well as arrogance in general. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Jesus, Isa alayhi salam, may peace be upon him. Allah says, he was very dutiful. In fact, Allah says that he said himself that Allah has made me dutiful to my mother because he did not have a father. He had no father. He was born miraculously. According to us, Jesus is not the son of God. He was born without a father, miraculously. Just how Adam alayhi salam was born, or or sorry, was created. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells that to us. So he was neither the son of God, nor was he God, nor was he a part of a trinity. He was a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who was born to the Virgin Mary without the interference or involvement of any male. Allahu Akbar. That is a message we have for those who believe otherwise. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He said in Surah Maryam, Allah has made me dutiful to my mother. And Allah has made me from amongst those, or He has not made me from those who are arrogant, those who are haughty, sinful, loud mouthed, those who are bad mouthed, and so on. So those were the qualities of the Anbiya, alayhimu salatu wassalam. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us another duty of parents, and the duty of children as well. Allah says, regarding the parents, لِلْرِجَالِ نَصِيبٌ مِمَّا تَرَكَ الْوَالِدَانِ وَالْأَقْرَبُونَ وَلِلنِّسَاءِ نَصِيبٌ مِمَّا تَرَكَ الْوَالِدَانِ وَالْأَقْرَبُونَ مِمَّا قَلَّ مِنْهُ أَوْ كَثُرْ نَصِيبًا مَفْرُوضًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how when you die, there is a share of the wealth that will be going to your children. The males will have a portion, the females will have a portion. That is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have no choice in that regard. Subhanallah. So that is also part and parcel of the link between children and parents that is mentioned in the Quran regarding the laws of inheritance. Allah decides how much your mother and father will get, how much your children will get, male and female. And we spoke about it a few days back, subhanallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us good Muslims inshallah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us another very important point. Be just when it comes to even against yourselves or against your parents or against your relatives. That is another verse where Allah speaks about your parents, your children, your relatives. Allah says be just, stand firm for justice. Don't just take the side of your father because he's your father. Wherever he is wrong, he is wrong. Correct him 
and you may even reprimand him within the limits with respect. You may tell him, my father, you are going wrong. My father, this is unacceptable. At times, if you don't do that, you could be from amongst those who are an enemy of your own father, whom your father will then on the day of Qiyamah catch by the neck and say, my son, you saw me doing wrong. Why didn't you tell me? You knew about it. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us parents who can also learn lessons from our own children. Amin. So Allah says, and this verse is in Surah An-Nisa. Allah says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu kunu qawwamina kunu qawwamina bilqisti shuhada'a lillahi walau ala anfusikum awil walidayni walakrabin Allah says, O oh, you who believe, stand firm for justice even if it is against yourselves or your own parents, even if it is against your relatives, what is right is right. You must not be swayed from the principle of what is right in Islam. Never. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us of that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us yet something else. Allah says, if you love your parents more than Allah, you've got a problem. If you love your children more than Allah, you've got a problem. If you love your wives and your brothers and sisters and your relatives and your wealth and your business and your deals and your health and, and what have you more than Allah, then you've got a very big problem. Allah says, then just wait for the punishment to overtake you because you cannot love someone more than your creator. The creator who gave you the life comes first. Subhanallah. So Allah says, and this is in Surah At-Tawbah. قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ آبَاؤُكُمْ وَأَبْنَاؤُكُمْ وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ وَعَشِيرَتُكُمْ وَأَمْوَالٌ اِقْتَرَفْتُمُوهَا وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا وَمَسَاكِنُ تَرْضَوْنَهَا أَحَبَّ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَجِهَادٍ فِي سَبِيلِهِ فَتَرَبَّصُوا فَتَرَبَّصُوا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِهِ وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الْفَاسِقِينَ Allah says, say, tell them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you love, or if the love you have for your children, for your parents, for your spouses, for your brothers and sisters, for your family members, for your wealth, for the business dealing that you are fearing you might lose, if you have, if you love that, or if you have love for that more than for Allah, and more than the love you have for the messenger, and more than the love you have for the struggle in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to achieve the closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then just wait, you will enjoy for a moment, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish very very soon. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never do that to us. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Mujadala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you will never find a person who believes in Allah, loving their parents or their offspring, when those parents or offspring have earned the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by defying the Creator Himself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from being renegade. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from reneging from our deen. So Allah says in Surah Al-Mujadala, لا تجد قوما يؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر يوادون من حد الله ورسوله ولو كانوا 
ولو كانوا آباءهم أو أبناءهم أو إخوانهم أو عشيرتهم أولئك كتب في قلوبهم الإيمان وأيدهم بروح من Allah says you won't find people who believe in Allah truly loving those who have defied the creator even if it is their parents or their children or no matter who it is. Allah says they won't ever befriend those people who have defied Allah and his messenger. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who have good parents. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those who can be good children and who have good children inshallah. Remember if your parents have passed away, your duty is to make dua for them. Remember if they are alive, your duty is to serve them. And remember, if you are a child and you would like good children, you need to be a dutiful child as well. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's goodness. One of the most important points or points where there is a discrepancy, points where a child begins to debate with the parent is at the point of marriage. And I'd like to end this talk with one of the most important statements we've uttered in this particular talk. Connected to the marriage of a child. Whose decision is who should marry your daughter or your son? It is the decision of none other than your daughter or your son. That is one thing where the child comes before the parents. Subhanallah. So the parents must not think that they have the right to decide who their daughter will marry. No ways. They don't. They have the right to encourage and guide. But the upbringing they've given that child should automatically be such that it will lead the child to make the right decision, subhanallah. Today we send our children to the most rotten of schools, if I can use that word. Then when the child comes up with someone they want to marry, you say, no ways. But you are to blame, why did you send your child to that school? The child has a heart, the child has eyes, the child has normal, natural, basic human instincts. If you want to suppress them and oppress them, after sending them straight into the Satan's den, then who is to blame? May Allah protect us. So this is why it's important we realize from the very beginning, protect your children, give them an upbringing. The topic of marriage must be open between yourselves and your children because the right of getting married and who to marry is the individual who is getting married. We may guide them, yes. And if they, are, if they want to get married to someone who is completely unacceptable, unacceptable in terms of the sharia, someone who's not a Muslim, for example, who doesn't even want to turn to Islam, then believe me, then we have the right to interfere. But even if there is a non-Muslim who wants to accept Islam, we might want to guide our children, try to advise them, try to discourage them. But that's where it stops. The final decision is theirs. It is better nowadays to let your child make a mistake and come back still loving you than to stop and block your child from something they always believed was correct. When they get married later on to someone of your choice, they'll blame you for the rest of their lives for having destroyed their lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us as parents who are assets to our children. And the children, what I've said today, is not a green light for you to go to your parents and say, Right, I've been telling you, and this is what it is. No, we need to have a good relation. And at the same time, we need to realize, when you were getting married, if you made a mistake, that's your business. Don't repeat the same mistake for your children. If you were forced by your parents, that was your problem. That is why in Islam, the girl has to be asked as a child, before she is given off, do you allow us to get you married off here? If she says no, it is no, without even an ill feeling in the heart. If your daughter says, I don't, then I don't. Allahu Akbar, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding, really. And the same applies to our sons. May Allah protect us from forced marriages because people are looking at Islam 
and thinking that Islam is a very primitive religion where people are forcing their children to be married and marrying them off and so on, that is not correct. Wallahi, it's got nothing to do with Islam. In fact, we have not even understood the religion and we have mixed it with culture and we have been then tied down by the shackles of culture. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all and grant us the best. At the, at the same time, let me end on a note saying that inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all forms of goodness in the dunya as well as in the akhirah. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdih. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.